were kidnapped. We just heard that on the news this morning. Let's pray for them. I also heard that Ethel is in the hospital. She had a heart pacemaker put in, and she's hopefully getting back today. I got that news from Maddie. Okay, and then uh, uh, Smitty has a cousin that uh, uh, fell and got paralyzed and was airlifted this morning, uh, this week. So let's let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father God, we come to you with the, with these needs, Lord, and. Um, Jesus, Jesus, you said, my father's house is a house of prayer. So right now, Lord, we just pray uh, for these missionaries that were kidnapped. And we pray that you keep them safe of why your Holy Spirit guard them and uh, protect them. And uh, we, pray, we pray for their safe release, Lord. We just pray that you keep them safe and, and, and pray for their release, Father, for these missionaries in Haiti. Also, Lord, for uh, Ethel, uh, who is in the hospital, hopefully coming home today. And uh, we just pray, again, your hand upon her, your healing hand upon her with this pacemaker. Give her a, a speedy uh, recovery from her heart ailments. And uh, God, uh, just give her your health, Lord. And for Smitty, his cousin that, was, that fell and was paralyzed, uh, was airlifted, Lord. And we just pray again, Lord, that you, uh, uh, that you, that you, that you put your healing hand upon him, Lord. Uh, be with him and uh, give the doctors, help the doctors, give them wisdom as they treat him. And uh, uh, again, Lord, just give him your strength, Father. And Lord, we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask my wife to hand me my water. <laughs> you know how I like to drink my water. Okay. It's great to have a help meet. Yeah? All right? Amen. Thank you, my love. <laughs> All right. Oh, we've been married two years. We're going to be married two years, November 19th, 23rd, 23rd, 2019. <laughs> November 23rd. <laughs> All right. Got my numbers mixed up there. Sorry, love. <laughs> All right. Okay, everybody. Well, this morning... I want to start off with asking you a question, and that is this. What is the most important ministry for the Christian? The most important service for the Christian. You know, uh, author and pastor Max Licato says it this way. He says, the highest calling of Christians is the ministry of prayer. Ministry of prayer. You know, that's where it all begins. That's the most important ministry because every other ministry that we do for God should begin. Amen? With prayer. With prayer. We're going to be looking in just a moment. Uh, if you have a Bible, you might want to turn there in advance. James chapter 5. James was called a man of prayer. James, you might not know, was actually the brother. One of the brothers of Jesus. And uh, he began, He was a man of prayer. Matter of fact, there's an old uh, tradition, uh, historical tradition, that he was called camel knees. James was called camel knees because he was always on his knees praying. Okay? But uh, he begins this letter of James with prayer, and he ends it with prayer. And we're going to look at, in just a moment, what he has to say about prayer. But James, the book of James, uh, James knew, he recognized prayer is the beginning. The beginning, it's the foundation, it's the starting point for everything else 
in the Christian life. Prayer. You know, he, he recognized the need for prayer in every circumstance in life. We're going to look at a story. I'm going to tell you about a story this morning, and I'll weave it throughout our message. It's a story of a, you might, have, you might be familiar with this. It happened about 10 years ago. Some Chilean miners, miners in the country of Chile that were trapped 2,000 feet underground. Anybody remember that? A billion people watched this unfold. 69 days underground, and uh, they, they were rescued, 33 of them. But we're going to look at that. We're going to look at that more in depth in just a bit. They had no idea if anyone was coming to him, to them. And when they realized they were trapped, one of the miners, by the name of Don Jose Enriquez, who was a man of God, he turned to one of the other miners, Mario, who was like the spokesman of the group. And he said, Mario, Mario, God is the only way out of this. Okay? And, and, and Mario, once he told him that, Mario being the spokesman that he was, he announced to everybody, everyone, Don Jose, we know he's a Christian. And Don Jose Enriquez, we know that you're a man of God and we need you to lead us in prayer. Will you do it? Will you do it? And Don Jose led them in prayer. And we're going to hear about that prayer in just a bit. But before we do, if you have a Bible with you, uh, I think it's also going to be on the screen. We're going to look at James chapter 5, and we're going to be reading verses 13 to 18. Okay, James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18. And so if you're able and willing, if you'll stand with me as we read. Uh, God's Word together, and James chapter 5, beginning with verse 13. James writes these words. Is anyone among you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he sinned, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens, were the, the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. May God's word be blessed. Yes. Who is with us? Oh, we have a baby? Oh, all right. What a blessing that is. Amen, amen. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for that. That's right. That's right. Amen, amen. Thank you for, amen, bringing that to our attention. Amen. All right, everyone. That is great. That is great. Prayer essentials, prayer essentials, 
prayer is essential for the Christian because, it again, it is where all other service, all other ministry begins with prayer. We're going to look at three essentials of prayer this morning. And uh, prayer, we're going to look at three essentials, three aspects that are absolutely necessary. Okay, We're going to, we're going to look at, they have to do with what prayer is for the Christian. They have to do with how uh, we're to exercise prayer as a spiritual discipline. And, and, and they're going to be about how uh, uh, the effects of prayer, the, re, the effect, how, how, what, should, what you should expect in your engagement with God through prayer. All right? So as we begin, and there's an outline in the back of your bulletin, if you're a note taker, as Pastor Dave used to say, as we begin, the first essential, essential in prayer for the Christian is the role of prayer. Okay, it's the role of prayer. What is the role of prayer? What is that role? Well, look at, let's look at verse 13. Verse 13 of James says it this way. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. This is, I'm going to put, these keep flipping on me, so I'm going to set that right there. <laughs> the, these are the experiences, you know, the two extreme experiences of life. Suffering, hardship, uh, and a New Living Translation calls that the word trouble, there's suffering, hardship, or if you're happy. Those are the brackets between which all of life is experienced. And within those brackets of experience, James is saying pray. Whatever your situation, pray. If you're suffering, if you're, if you're experiencing happiness, pray. pray. Prayer is an expression of your faith to God. The role of prayer is to express your faith to God, your trust in God, your belief in God. You know, James, the brother of Jesus, this might surprise you, but James did not believe in his brother Jesus. He didn't believe his claims originally, originally, before the crucifixion. I'm sure he loved him. I'm sure he respected him, but he did not believe in his claims. What did Jesus claim? He claimed to be the Son of God. So what changed for James? What changed his understanding of who Jesus is? Well, the Bible tells us one of the special appearances Jesus made after the resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 7, he appeared to his brother James. And at that point, James became a worshiper. Of Jesus Christ. And if you notice the very first verse of this letter, he says this. He identifies himself as James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. In chapter 2, he calls him the Lord of glory. He accepted him as Lord. And you and I find Jesus' lordship in life through prayer. Through prayer. Apostle Paul says it this way, Romans 10, 13. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's, it, it's finding God through Jesus and finding God through prayer. Prayer is essential. It's our expression of faith. It's our expression of faith to God. You know, it says that this Jesus is the Son of God that came into the world to die on the cross for our sins. And it says in Romans 5, 1, 
now that now we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God through Jesus, peace with God, peace with God through praying. It's an expression of our faith. It's finding this relationship with God. I mentioned Ethelin just a moment ago. We prayed for Ethel. I had the privilege, Greg gave me a privilege a couple of months ago to, to, to sit in for him in his wonderful class. You got the greatest class. Uh, well, we have a great class too, Cecil. But <laughs> a lot of <laughs> some wonderful people in that class right there. And, and, and Maddie was telling me about Ethel. Uh, in glowing terms, as an example of a woman of prayer. Maddie said that Ethel prays about everything. Where's Maddie? Maddie's right there. And she said every Thursday, matter of fact, every Thursday, she and a few of the ladies go to Ethel's place to pray specifically. They spend a few hours. They might watch a video. They might wa- read some Bible verses. But the main focus is prayer. Isn't that great to know that's going on in our church? And that's just, that's just some of the prayer that's going on here at Calvary Baptist Church. Amen. A house of prayer. A people of prayer. Amen. As God wants us to be. As God wants us to be. So the, ro- the role of prayer is to express our faith to God and to commune with God. Now these Chileans, these Chilean miners, once they realized they were trapped and God is, was the only way out, as, as uh, Don Jose Enrique said, they, is that my phone? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, they, they were trapped. And Don Enrique, uh, uh, they asked him to pray. And he did. And Hector Tobar is a Pulitzer Prize winning author. He wrote a, a story. He wrote a book about this account. It's called Deep Down Under. And he said what happened, once they invited Enrique to pray, they said from the moment he, beca- from that moment, he became known as the pastor, okay? Because he was a Christian man. He was the man of God. And uh, they, they, they called him the pastor because as soon as he opened his mouth and began to talk, it was clear he knew not only how to speak about God, but he knew how to speak to God. He knew how to pray. He knew how to pray, and they knew it. So Enrique prayed. Mario asked him to pray, and he prayed. And he led them in prayer. You know, prayer is just talking. Do you know prayer is just talking to God? It's just talking to God. From a, from a, you know, it's talking to God. And this is what God wants us to do constantly. He wants us to, to talk to him. Whatever you're going through in life, maybe if you're going through suffering of the hardship, you might be experiencing weakness or discouragement that suffering can bring. Go to God in prayer. Find His strength. Find His comfort through prayer. You might be experiencing, you might be having good spirits and knowing that God is blessing you and, 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 and you're feeling good. Give Him thanks. Sing songs of praise. Uh, give Him thanks. It's all part of prayer. Expressing your heart to God and do it continually. You know, communication is the key to a healthy relationship. Amen? Whether it's on earth or whether it's to God, communication is the key. Constant communication. And communication is two parts, isn't it? It's not just talking, is it? Huh? Ah, what else, huh? 
Yes, 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 yes. Listening, listening. We need to be listening to God's guidance, listening to His Spirit, listening for His Word. What does God have to say in your prayers? Always open your heart and your mind and your ears to God when you pray. Prayer is communing with God. So our first essential in the essentials of prayer is the role of prayer. The role of prayer, express, which is expressing your faith to God, is communing with God. That's the first essential, the role of prayer. Secondly, our second essential is the work of prayer. Let's take a look once again. Verse 14 through 16. They, what, what were they doing? What is the work of prayer? They were coming to the elders of the church, the spiritual leaders of the church. And the leaders were doing what? It says they were, they, 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 see, James says, is anyone sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. This is a, this is praying, they were praying over the sick as a ministry. As a ministry. They were, this is prayer as a ministry. Okay, the work of prayer is to pray for other, a God-inspired work, to praying for others, praying for the healing. But to be clear now, to be clear, the Bible does not tell us that if you're sick, all you have to do is go to the elders and anoint them with oil and you won't be, you know, that's all you have to do. No, 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 no. Jesus himself said it this way, Matthew 9, 12. It's not, it's not the healthy who, do, who need a doctor, it's the sick. He recognized the importance of medical experts in the field of, of healing. Now, now, the oil that was used, there's differing opinions on this, and I'll go over both of them. It could, be a, it could have been a, a, a medicinal purpose, because in the Bible, oil was used medicinally. You remember the Good Samaritan, the story of Good, Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10. And uh, the, the robbers beat this man half to death. He was laying on the road, and the Samaritan came and looked upon him, had pity on him, and he patched up his wounds. The Bible said he poured oil upon him, and he poured wine upon him. That was for what? That was for medicinal purposes. The oil was used in the Bible for medicinal purposes. However, oil was also used symbolically for the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And so it's perfectly appropriate for a church, uh, elders of a church, spiritual leaders of a church to anoint uh, someone with oil as a symbol, as a symbol of God's spirit, God's healing spirit, God's powerful, miracle-working spirit. And we should never divorce the two, the physical and the spiritual. Never divorce the two. Because God is a God of both. He's a God of the physical. Uh, so we need the medicine. He's a God of the spiritual. But you know what? Ultimately, ultimately, it's God who does the healing. Listen to these words. I'm going to read to you from a book called Healing, A Doctor in Search of a Miracle. What Dr. William Nolan, M.D. says it this way. He talks about the mystery of the healing process. And he says it this way. He says, we doctors don't do the healing. 
the body does. And even though by examining specimens of tissue in various stages of healing, we know something of how healing occurs, we don't as yet know any, have any idea how to control it. If we put things back together, we, the, the, the body, God, if you prefer, heals. Okay? The, what is he saying? The, do, the doctors can put our parts back together you know, when we break them. They can give us the medicine that we need, but ultimately it's God who does the healing. We need to be in prayer for the sick. We need to be in prayer for those in need. And this is what James is telling us. It's an, it's an essential ministry. The ministry, prayer as a ministry. Prayer is a ministry. Not only that, the work of prayer is not only to be a ministry, but the work of prayer is to be done with sincerity. These miners were trapped. They knew there was nowhere else to turn. So they, they turned to Enriquez. And Enriquez begins the prayer. And Hector Tobar writes about it in his book. He gives this description right here. I want you to listen. It says, Enrique dropped to his knees. And he tells the other men that they should do the same. Because when you pray, you have to humble yourself before your creator. He, he, and he begins his prayer like this. He says, dear Lord, we are not the best of men, Lord. Please have pity on us. He says, so, no somos los mejores hombres. We are not the best of men. Uh, and Victor Segovia knows that he drinks too much. Uh, Victor Samora knows that he's too quick to anger. <laughs> Pedro. Pedro Cortez thinks about what a poor father he's been to his young daughter. He hasn't even done the, the basic fatherly things of he left the mother and never even visited the little girl. He knows how that's inflicting lasting pain upon her. Prayer, Enrique prays, dear Jesus, Jesus Christ our Lord, let us enter the sacred throne of your grace. Consider this, this moment of our, difficult, our difficulty. We are sinners, and we need you. See, he's praying. And as he's praying, the, the men are being hit in their hearts with the conviction of their sin. They're being honest and open and sincere with, each, with God and with each other. What does James say? He says, verse 16, confess your sins to each other. Okay? And pray for each other. That's exactly what was going on here in this cave, in this entombment. 2,000 feet. One half mile. It was a half a mile below the, the earth. And they were praying honestly with God and recognizing their sin. Because, you know, the Bible tells us we're all sinners. Amen? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're sinners and we struggle with it and we need God's grace every day, don't we? I know I do. We need God's forgiveness. We need His grace. We need to be honest with God and honest with each other. Because sin is a disease. It's a spiritual disease that separates us from God and separates us from each other. And we need to be healed of it. We need to be healed of it because it's, a, it's the most important healing that can happen. You remember when Jesus was brought, they brought... Uh, a, a paralytic to Jesus on a mat. 
uh, Matthew chapter 9. And uh, Jesus looked at the people that brought this paralytic, and he saw their faith. And he saw the faith of the man. And he said, take heart, son. Your sins have been forgiven. That was the most important type of healing. But there were, there were teachers of the law standing by listening to this. And they said, what? What? <laughs> you can't say that. Uh, that's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And then Jesus asked them a question. What is easier? To say your sins are forgiven? Or to say rise, stand up, and walk? And then he said, so that you may know that the Son of Man has power and authority to forgive sins. He told the man on the, on the mat, rise, stand up, and walk. Amen. And the people around were in awe. And they started praising God. That was a, there was a lesson there. Jesus was given a lesson there. What was that lesson? There, there, there was two kinds of healing, wasn't there? The most important healing was the healing of the heart. The forgiveness of sins. Uh, the work of prayer is to be done with sincerity, with honesty, with a confessing heart. But how do you know if your sins are forgiven? How do you know if you've received that cleansing? There is a verse in the Bible that's the clearest verse of all that describes it. And we're, we're talking about it in our, in our Bible study group this morning. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. Many of you are familiar with this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Every single sin you've ever committed is wiped out. If you do what? That's what it takes. It takes a prayer of confession, a heart turned toward God, and faith put in the Son of God to be cleansed. And to know you're cleansed. So the second essential of prayer is the work of prayer. So we've talked about the role of prayer. We've talked about the work of prayer. And third and finally, we're going to talk about another aspect of prayer, which is this. It is the result of prayer. You know, this story, this account of the Chilean miners was told about on NPR News. They ran a story about this and, 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 and the book that Tobar wrote about these, Chil these Chilean miners. And it says the most inspiring aspect of these miners' behavior was when, when they realized uh, their situation was their decision to act in solidarity. In other words, in unity. And on the first day, the, the supervisor, but Supervisor uh, Ursua, took off his distinctive white helmet. He was a boss. He took it down and he announced with sincerity. He says, we're, he says, we're equal now. There's no bosses and there's no employees. We're equal now. They were honest and sincere and they were equal. You see, sin, sin divides us. It divides us with God and it divides us with each, with each other. We need to be united with God, united with each other, which comes from brotherly love. They were united in love and united with sincerity, sincere with each other, 
And so the second work of prayer was a work of sincere, uh, uh, second essential of prayer was a work of prayer, which is the prayer of ministry, the prayer of sincerity, and thirdly is the result of prayer. The result of prayer is our third essential. This means what you should expect. What should you expect from your prayers? The prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effect. You remember reading that? It's in verse 16. Let's look at it again. It says this. It says this. It's in verse uh, 16, last part of 16. James says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. Let's listen to a prayer of a righteous man. Hector, uh, Don Jose Enriquez prays these words to Jesus. He says, Lord Jesus, we want you to make us stronger and help us in our hour of need. There's nothing we can humanly do without your help. We need you to take charge of this situation. Please, Lord, take charge. What's he asking? He's asking for Jesus' strength. He's asking for Jesus' will. He's asking for Jesus' help. And you know what? This was a prayer of a righteous man. And the Bible says the prayer of a righteous man is, is powerful and effective. That's what we should expect. If you're walking in obedience to God and if you're praying in faith, you should expect your prayers to be powerful and effective. Why? Because you're praying to a powerful God. Amen? You're praying for a God that can raise his son from the dead. There is a uh, kind of a humorous story that, uh, that, that uh, John uh, Ortberg, or, uh, Ortberg tells about the resurrection, an apparent resurrection. <coughs> and it had to do with a little rabbit. <laughs> this woman was looking out her kitchen window, and her German shepherd was kind of a big dog, and he had this rabbit. It was a neighbor's rabbit. And this was not good because she didn't have good relations with that neighbor in the first place. <laughs> and the rabbit was shaking the dog, shaking the, uh, the, the dog. The rabbit shaking. That would be a good picture, huh? <laughs> the dog was shaking the rabbit. The shake the life out of that rabbit. And so she, she didn't know what to do. She took her broom. She took her kitchen broom, went out there and started pummeling the dog. Telling him, let go of that rabbit, and that rabbit was good and dead. Oh, my gosh. She didn't know what to do. She panicked. She panicked. She takes this rabbit. She went in the house. She washed it all up. She cleaned it all up, and she got her blow dryer, and she blowed the fur on that rabbit to get it looking like it used to before it died, right? She gets her comb. She starts, she starts combing the rabbit till it looks good. And then she sneaks over to the neighbor's house, the rabbit's cage, Sticks it back in a cage, props it up, and goes back home. <laughs> but an hour later, she hears a scream. Ah! And she goes outside. What happened? What is it? What is it? The neighbor said, a rabbit, a rabbit. He died two weeks ago. We buried it, and it's back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ortberg, Ortberg, Ortberg makes a connection this way. He makes a connection with Jesus' resurrection this way. He said this, in ancient times, in the Roman times, when a rabbit died, it, it tended to stay dead. <laughs> okay. Also, in ancient times, in, in, in Roman times, there was a lot of false messiahs. 
uh, that were crucified by the Romans, and they were expected to stay dead. There was only one, amen? There was only one true Messiah. And the Bible tells us, Romans chapter 1 and verse 4, Jesus Christ declared to be the Son of God with power by his resurrection from the dead. That's God's power. That's, the mirror, that's God's power. The almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful God raised his Son with his miracle-working power, his resurrection power. We should expect the results of our prayer to be powerful and effective because we're praying to an, a powerful God. Let's take a look. Verse 17, back in James. You know, James was familiar with power. Not only was he a, a witness of Jesus' resurrected, glorified, physical body, but as the leader of the mother church in Jerusalem, he was very familiar with the miracle-working power of God through prayer. And he's, he's encouraging Christians at that time, and he's encouraging Christians at Calvary Baptist Church to pray expecting your results of your prayer to be powerful and effective. Let's look, verse 17. He says, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. What is he saying? He's saying, Elijah was a man just like you, just like me. And the same God that worked the miracles in Elijah's time is the same God that answers our prayers today. He's a miracle-working God. Expect your prayers to be answered with power and effectiveness. And another result of your prayer is to be seeking God's direction. Seeking, you know, what does Paul say? Pray at all times in the Spirit. Ephesians 6. What does he mean? He means pray Seeking the Spirit's leading, seeking the Spirit's guidance, because oftentimes we do not know how to pray. Listen to this. Romans chapter 8 is all about letting the Spirit lead you. Uh, Romans 8, 14, all who are led by the Spirit of God are called sons of God. Listen to what he has to say about prayer in the Spirit. He says this. I'm on verse 26. He says, the, the, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray. The Spirit himself intercedes for us. And in verse 27, it says, he intercedes for the saints according with the will of God. When we open ourselves to the Spirit of God, we can be led by his Spirit. Seeking his direction. I want you to listen to these profound, beautiful, and biblical words of Don Jose Enriquez when he says, we want you to make us stronger and help us in this hour of need. There's nothing we can do that's humanly possible without your help. We need you to take charge, Lord. Please, please take charge. You know, what was he doing? He was asking God strength, asking God help, asking God's mercy. I want you to listen. That's exactly how God wants to approach his throne, wants us to approach his throne, is it not? Hebrews chapter 4, beginning with verse 16. God says it this way. God's word says it this way, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive what? Mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
God approaches grace to find mercy and to find grace. It might not always be God's will to heal you, but it's always God's will to help you. We come before his throne to find grace and help in our time of need. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. He's our helper. He's the one we come to for help. For the results of our prayer, we should look to his guidance and look to his help. So, the three essentials in prayer. First, role of prayer. The role of prayer. Through faith in the living Savior, we find a relationship with the living God. Second, the work of prayer. Combining medicine and prayer, the spirit and the physical, and finding the greatest healing of all, the healing of the heart. Third, the result of prayer. The result of prayer, communing with, with an all-powerful God who is able to do far more than even what we even ask or think. You know, his prayer, his spirit comes to guide us in our, guide us in our prayers and to help us in our need. He's our help. October 13th, 2010, all 33 miners, it took 69 days, but all 33 miners were rescued. How did they do it? They had, it took all kinds of effort, but they finally found a, a company with these giant, giant machines that were able to drill a half mile deep and, and, and lower a capsule into the earth. And one by one, one by they raised the miners. And that one news report said it this way. It said it this way. This was a feat of engineering and a triumph of faith. They drilled and they drilled and they brought them up. They, surf, they, they brought them to the surface and it was through faith, hope, and engineering that God answered their prayers. God answered their prayers. You know, the great church reformer Martin Luther in the 1500s said this. It is no... It, it, it is no, not possible to be a, it's no more possible to be a Christian without prayer than it is to be alive without breathing. You see, prayer is breathing. It's our lifeline to God. Prayer is how we confess our sins. Prayer is how we commune with God. Prayer is how we experience the power of God. Be a man of prayer. Be a woman of prayer. That's the most important ministry God wants for you to do. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you, you are a powerful God. And Lord, you, you're the God that answered Elijah, and you're the God that answers us today. Father, thank you that Jesus came to die for us on the cross, to pay for our sins and rise again, that we can have peace with you and through prayer call upon you and know that you're with us always because you said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Help us, Lord, to remember to pray continually, to be people of prayer because that's the most important ministry you have for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.